0: Run, run to the coffee.
1: Uh, If I run, you mean slowly saunter up the stairs. That's what I did. Yes, that's exactly what I meant by run.
0: (laughs) Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on May 31st, we will be discussing our thoughts on Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the third installment in the Harry Potter series. Then, on June 7th, we will be talking about The Fires of Vengeance, book two of The Burning Series by Evan Winter. If you missed our review on the first book, The Rage of Dragons, we highly recommend you go back and listen to that one as well. Would you like a chance to help choose an episode every month? Would you like access to a miniseries where Mo and I try to convince each other to read various books? then you should check out our Patreon for these and even more perks. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patron, Ronnie. We hope your week is a fun one. Now, on with the show.
1: Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, and my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are doing one of my favorite things, a listicle. And today, we're going to talk about our favorite female authors authors wow our favorite female characters sorry characters and authors sound like the same word sometimes we are going to go it's kind of same format we like to do for most of our listicles where we're going to go back and forth and talk about our favorite characters and what books they're in and guess what we try to stay as spoil free as possible so you don't need to worry about us hopefully we try okay if we mess up we're sorry but we try okay all right abby would you like to start or do you want me to start why don't you start Okay. So, when I started this, this is in no particular order. I kind of just started listing, and I tried to think a little deeply and tried to think and broaden out of my favorite books, because sometimes I talk about the same books over and over. Okay, for the first one, I kind of didn't do that. Um, I didn't do a good job with that. For the first character, one of my favorite female characters is Mercy Thompson from the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. And, The reason why I love her so much is just her dichotomy of she's strong and she's fierce, but she's also very soft. You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, this hard exterior, but she's so squishy on the inside. And I don't don't laugh at me (laughs) like that. I see that smirk. But the fact that she can always hold her own, I love that. But she also has this really awesome support system. So, like, she's never actually alone. She always – I mean – she has her little hands and so many different things that she's got. Her back is covered by humans and werewolves and vampires and fae. Like everyone's going to come to Mercy's beck and call. And I love that. My other favorite thing about her is her baking. Yes. I can't even mention how many books so I like, oh, Mercy's cooking some chocolate chip cookies and it's making what's her face that we really dislike, really mad at her about that. You know, the act. She will not be named. Yeah, she would not be named. But I just love when they mention the baking. Like, the baking makes me so happy. Especially since it's usually something with chocolate. Uh, It's usually a cookie or a brownie. And I'm about that. Yep. All right, Abby. What about for you? So, I also tried to think
0: a little bit more outside of what I normally talk about, but... One of the first ones I thought of was Anna Kornik from the Alpha and Omega series, which is in the Mercyverse. Okay. <laughs> I swear, guys, we did do a lot outside of what we normally do, but bear with us. So as much as I love Mercy, I feel like I like Anna a little bit better sometimes. And it's just because, don't get me wrong, they're both awesome. Mercy is, she starts out strong, but Anna, when you first meet her, is this beaten down, not quite broken person who's just been abused to the fullest extent of that word. And it's very empowering watching her resilience through everything that she went through and then watching her get out of that situation and grow and actually become this very strong person within herself again. And like getting back some of her old self and then some. And so I just, I love how confident and powerful she becomes and how much she comes into her own and how you get to see that. With Mercy, she's already a pretty formed person with, but but with Anna, you get to take her hand and go with her kind of thing. And so I really enjoy that storyline. I also really like her intelligence and her sneaky way of getting people to agree with her without them realizing that they're agreeing with her.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. I, love, I love her ability to turn people's arguments back on themselves without actually arguing with them. It's a very sneaky kind of thing that I admire, and wish I had the ability to do. You know? hmm Like, I wish I could get somebody to argue themselves into agreeing with me.
1: <laughs> I mean, isn't that what marriage is, right? No. Not really.
0: <laughs> oh, not usually. I wouldn't win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's too much effort. Oh,
0: that's a lot of effort. But, it, yeah. I just... I love getting to follow that storyline with Anna it's just it's very empowering to see her build that up through several books because it's not an overnight kind of thing it doesn't happen immediately
1: I do like that I I also thought about Anna and I actually thought about a different pack member Mm -hmm. because I thought about Honey as well because I really like Honey
0: oh I know if we'd been doing like top 20 Honey would have made my list for sure Mm -hmm. because Honey is amazing, too.
1: Yeah, but I still really love Mercy. And I do love Anna. You're right. Hit me with your next one. Okay. So, my next one, I'm trying to think how I want to start this. She is Anna from the Alex Um, Very series by Benedict Jacka. And she's not in the the initial, like, I think four first novels, but once she enters, she's She's a little standoff, is a little weird. You're kind of like, what's going on with this? And she is trying to think of how to talk about her without giving too many spoilers. She's kind of one of those that has a dark past where she's kind of broken, where she's been abused, where people have taken her life magic and made her use it in ways that she does not agree with and did not like. And she took all of that and she, you know, got out of the dark mage world and came into the light mage world and still people would not accept her even though she's using her really powerful magic to save people to heal people she's a healer and just watching her overcome all this adversity against her like i just feel so drawn to her i want to read more about her i would love like more backstory on her even though you get a lot of backstories out the novels but she's just one of those characters where if she was a friend like i'd be like you touch her i'm gonna punch you in the face kind of a friend you know what i mean like you want to protect her but she's also that friend that's like girl i can protect myself touch and that person's dead so i mean like she's pretty darn powerful but you also want to protect her
0: yeah
1: so um i love her character development i love her relationship with alex i love her relationship with Oh, I can't remember his name. Ibari, Barry, with Barry, which is one of her like really close friends. Her relationship with Luna, which is another main character. like They just make a nice little pack of main characters. And she's my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, and
0: I didn't read far enough into the series to meet her. And this makes me want to pick the series back up again. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me.
1: She's like one of the best parts of a, of the book series, honestly. I mean, I love Luna, but I like her more. That's fair. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm not shaking my head at you. This is fine. All right, Abby. Bring me to the your next character.
0: So, I cannot make a list of favorite female characters and not include my girl, Sophronia Teminic. <sighs> She is the main character of The Finishing School series by Gail Carriger. I have mentioned it many times before. I think we did an episode on it, didn't we? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sophronia is just she's that person I would love to be friends with. <laughs> she's smart, she's feisty, and she starts out kind of tomboyish, but Over the course of this series, she learns that there's power in all of the ladylike things that she once despised, and so she takes that in and she becomes the best of the best because she has been shown how to use it as a weapon, (laughs) and she becomes one of the best female spies in Victorian England because of it, and that's honestly just amazing from her beginning. I love how quick thinking and witty she is. I love how she's the person, if you're in an emergency, that you turn to. Because she will have an idea of how to fix it, how to get out of it, how to escape whatever is going on. Like, she is that person with a plan, always. Because her brain is always going.
1: Yes, I agree with everything you're saying. I love Sophronia. But yes, she is a delight. Kind of a scary delight. What a delight. She's one of those people, like, I'd want to go on
0: one adventure with her. Just one. One single adventure, (laughs) and then I'd be done. That's (laughs) all you could handle. Pretty much. Like, my life is too normal and boring. I want a single adventure, and then I'll be like, yep, I'm good for the rest of my life now. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, bye. But yeah, she's she's such a fun character. She's such a good main character. It just... I also love her relationship with her friends and her relationship with Soap. And I love how resistant she is to a romantic relationship because myself in, like, junior high and high school was not at all interested in romantic relationships. <laughs> and so I definitely felt her on that, like, nah, I get it, girl. <laughs> yep. Friendships, trap romance, let's go.
1: <laughs> oh, and I just really like... You know how sometimes, sometimes when you read female friendships in books, they're really catty? They're not catty. Like, the only time they're catty is, like, they're legit catty because, well, because they're awful people. But you know what I mean? Yes. The female
0: friendships in this are great. And it's partially because of Sophronia.
1: hmm Yes. She does a really good job balancing everybody. hmm She is a really amazing main character. I'm glad she made your list. I am not She's... surprised. Like, no surprise at all.
0: Yeah, she's, I didn't do this list in any particular order either. I don't know that I could, but she's just, she's amazing. I can't ever leave her off a favorite females list.
1: As <laughs> is right.
0: All right, so who's your next
1: one? My next one, I know guys, I'm sorry, is another book I've totally talked about, but I love her as one of my favorite female characters I've ever read. I will forever recommend A Man Called Oh to Everybody by Frederick Backman. And I would have to say Sonya is one of my favorite, favorite female characters ever. She is the kind of character that I... She's the kind of woman that I would like to grow into as an adult. The way that she cares for her community, the way that she cares for Ove, oh, the way that, I mean, they had this major life tragedy, but she still kept this optimism around her. She still made the best of it. She overcame so many obstacles, And just I don't want to say like she was pure magic or anything that kind of cheesy, but she's just like one of those people that's just a generally good person and just an amazing role model. And that's like the kind of person I aspire to be. And I love her story so much.
0: Yeah, she had an awesome story, even if it's like you only see her in flashbacks. You don't actually see her like alive in the book, but all those flashbacks, it's just she's such a it, she's such an opposite to Ove and I don't mean that in a bad way he even says it himself like she was the color in his world because that's just the kind of person she was she was you know bright and colorful and alive in a way that a lot of people never are
1: Hmm. she just found all the good in life and she just like lit up the people around her like the grass was greener the flowers were brighter everything was always so much just better when when she was around i loved it i love her i love that story
0: yeah she was a good pick for this list
1: yeah and it was and it's weird to say that like she's a favorite female character cuz she literally only comes up in flashbacks but she was just so pivotal so important to that book mhm mhm hey abby Hit me with your next one. All right, so my next
0: one is Miriam from Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. You guys might remember from our episode that I adored this book, and Miriam was part of it. I really enjoyed how different she was. She was ambitious. She had a bit of coldness about her, but it was all for the sake of her family. She knew what she wanted and she wasn't afraid to step up and go get it no matter what anybody else thought of her because they weren't the important ones and I just it's so unusual to see a female character written this way to be written as ambitious and colder but she wasn't written as like an icy bee like a lot of authors would have written her you know She very much felt all the emotions, but she was able to pack them up in a little box and stick them in her back of her mind because she had other priorities. And I just I really appreciated this version of the cold and ambitious woman because she wasn't really cold. Ambitious, yes,
1: but she wasn't actually cold. No. And just I mean, just ambitious. She just she just wanted to make she wanted to eat I don't blame her and wear not and wear warm clothes don't blame her right exactly
0: like her motivations were completely logical and I loved that about her because like I said so many authors when you get this character type they just make her this like cold workaholic horrible person and that's not who she is so it's just oh it was such a refreshing, different kind of female character, and I loved it. I loved following her. I loved her story. I loved how she handled all of her problems, stood up to the magical creatures. It was just, it was great. I loved everything about her.
1: It was a really good story. I can't say that she was one of those characters that I really was like, yeah, I'm going to mention her in this tonight, because I, I didn't <laughs> have that vibe, honestly. I'm going to go... Into the world of Mercedes Lackey, into the world of the Heralds of Voldemort series. And I'm going to talk about it's a standalone novel that follows, hmm, I can't remember, um, the Swordsworn duology. They have short stories with it too. But it follows this character named Carolyn, who is the granddaughter of, I think it's Kendry. And basically, I like this because. From one, I love the lead female characters that Mercedes Lackey tends to write because they're always usually well fleshed out, very much in death. But I like this one a lot because Carolyn is, she doesn't start as a warrior, as a mage or anything. She is just the daughter of a nobleman and a band of bandits comes and kills her father, gravely inches her brother, and kidnaps her future sister-in-law. The bride gets kidnapped. And she basically takes up her grandma's sword, which is called Need, which is featured in the other books. So, like, if you read the other books, you're going to know about the sword. And they just tell you straight up, hey, the sword is magical. And the sword compels the user to go save women and protect women. So she grabs the sword. Oh, this bride's been kidnapped. Off goes Carwin to save the day. And she has no training, but she still kicks some major butt. The sword also possesses you and gives you some fighting skill. But because of that, her grandma was like, Oh, hmm, you might be trainable. You should come hang out with me and stay at my tower. And at her tower is her four, um, sworn sister, Tamara, which is, she's a plainswoman. I can't remember what they're called precisely. And she's like, Yes, we will train you up. And it's one of those, it's almost a coming to age novel, or coming to age novel, but it's not young adult. It's definitely, I think she's 16 when we start, When maybe she's 18, 20 when we finish. And it goes through a lot of her history because she shows up in other novels as well. But she ends up all over the place. I don't want to say where she ends up. But it's just one of those where I love adventure. I love mayhem. I love how she is just a kick butt character. She just takes charge of everything. I also love watching her grow up from I'm a noble woman with no training to I'm a pretty darn awesome swordswoman. Watch me. So, yeah, definitely, if you want a really good kick-butt fantasy ca- fantasy novel, mm. and it's a standalone, so it's only... Um, this is the only novel that she's featured, like, main character featured, and she pops up all over in other novels, but... Cool. Yeah. Much enjoyment. I love that. That was a fantastic book. I'm Actually, I can see it from right here. I see it on my shelf over there. Anyway, I'm good. All
0: right, so... My next one I know is one that you like as well, even though it didn't make your list. Chelsea from the Heartstriker series by Rachel Aaron, and this is a series that I try to get everybody to read, and I don't know how successful I've been, but I need everybody to read this series.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: when Ch- <laughs> when Chelsea first sh- shows up, she is just this absolutely terrifying badass. Yeah. And that's all you really know about her. When she first shows up, Julian, who is the main character, basically goes, oh, she's going to kill me. Cool, 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 cool. She's, she's going to kill me. Like, legitimately kill him, is what he thinks. But as the series progresses, you find out she's got this soft spot for the underdog. And because she herself has been the underdog. And I love the fine line she's forced to walk between being Bethesda's shade and still trying to help her younger siblings as much as she can when they screw up. Because Bethesda is not at all forgiving and Chelsea is supposed to be the person that basically does the killing when Bethesda decides that you've screwed up too much. And so it's just, I love her story. I love when oh. you finally get Chelsea's backstory and find out everything that's happened to her and how she became Bethesda Shade. And mm, I love that she yes, she is kind of bitter from all of her experiences, but she never actually lost hope. She buried it deep, deep down, but she never actually lost it. And it's it's just gratifying to see that her hope wasn't in vain and watching her kind of come out of her shell a little bit and finally breaking free. And I love her story so much. She's such a strong character who could have been so much more bitter and so much more hate filled than she was. Cause she could have just completely thrown herself into the role of Bethesda shade going, screw it. I hate everybody and everything. I don't want this life. So I'm going to take it out on everybody else. And she didn't do that. So
1: I just really love Chelsea. She's so good. Right, She's definitely one of the best characters ever written. I love her story. Once again, Rachel Aaron, we're going to whisper to you, please give us just a Chelsea novel and we'll be happy. Oh, I'd be so happy with a Chelsea novel. We are Chelsea fangirls. Like, I did not put Chelsea on my list because you had her. I respected that, that you claimed her. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, Rachel Aaron... I will read a legit
0: 300-page novel about Chelsea doing the most mundane things ever, if you
1: write it. hmm Yep. I'm talking laundry folding, grocery store shopping. Yep. Doesn't matter. We'll take it.
0: I will read it. Man. All right. So what's your next
1: one? Okay. So I, I would not have said this if I hadn't read... Did I just read two or three more novels of this series? I think I read two more novels. Okay. I really have enjoyed the character progression of Irene from the Invisible Library series. I loved her in the first book. She was all right in the second book. The second book did not really tickle my fancy. But then I got into the next two books and I was like, I am here for Irene. There's some, She reminds me a lot of Sophronia where she's, that sneaky, smart, resourceful kind of character. Like, she always has a trick up her sleeve. She's always has an idea that she's going to try and a plan. Maybe it's going to work, maybe it won't. Who knows? It's fine. She'll try it. I love that she has the the library, the, the language, the library language, basically to, like, do all these, like, really cool things, like unlock the door. Whoop, the door unlocked. Woo-hoo. You know, it basically just kind of forces things, you know, that you know want to be want to be the door wants to be unlocked good. She'll make it unlocked. Woo-hoo. but she's also I wouldn't even call her like if I was going to do like a D&D alignment on her, I wouldn't even put her on the good spectrum. like she's a very to me neutral like almost a lawful neutral almost to the letter of the T of the library law. But I think she's kind of slowly shifting alignments to kind of more chaotic neutral where she's a little bit more just focused on Irene and what Irene wants. You know what I mean? And, I mean, let's be honest. How can you not love a female character that loves books and collects books and does dangerous missions to go get books? Yeah. hmm I love that.
0: I mean, if Irene showed up and was like, hey, you want to be a librarian? I'd probably go with her.
1: <laughs> I mean, it'd be kind of fun. I'd be like, Okay.
0: Let's go. Yeah, she's awesome.
1: Definitely. All right. Tell me another character of yours, Abby. All right. So this will be the last one before the break.
0: This is Tarisai from Raybearer by Jordan Ifueko. So this is a newer book. Tarisai is half human. I don't believe that's a spoiler. That comes up really early in the book. But I love how intelligent she is, how quickly... It shows really early on in the story how quickly she takes things in, how fast she learns, and how smart she is, and how just fast on the uptake she is with new information. And I love her thirst for knowledge and always wanting to know more and being upset when some of the books that she's giving are clearly censored and wanting to know all of the details and wanting to just, she wants to know it all and i loved her story. her story is heartbreaking and watching her fight to change her fate without giving in and not believing that there's only one way things can play out. she was just an absolutely brilliant character and i love her so much. i loved following her in this book. she just she tugged at my heartstrings. Every time she was forced to face any of the big conflicts throughout the book. And it hurt my heart every time. And I found myself rooting for her despite anything else that was happening. I wanted her to find a way around what was supposed to be her fate. I wanted her to find a way to win and win her way. And this whole story just, it so completely swept me up. I was so taken with Tarisai. She was such a good character. I love her so much I cannot wait for the second book because I need to know what happens And she was she was constantly shown to be super smart even after she left her initial tutors because she was always the one thinking up a better solution to all of these political problems and cultural problems and things like that and it was like there were solutions the people around her weren't considering or weren't coming up with themselves and I just I absolutely loved her intelligence and how well she was using it for everyone. Oh I just
1: mm. I love Ray Bear so much. It sounds so good. How old is um Tasira again? Tarisai is 16. Tari Sai. Tarisai. Woo am I good at names? Okay. I was like mm. I'm like is she a 16 year old, 18 year old? Yes, I am quite intrigued by her. She sounds like a very, one of those characters that you just kind of fall in love with, you know? Mm -hmm. And the book starts when she's
0: like 10 or 11. And then there's, you follow her for a while and then there's a big time jump of a few years. So she ends up as 16 for the latter half of the
1: book, at least. I like that all right everyone that is the first half of our episode and guess what we're not spoiling this week so you're good to go so when we come back we're going to talk some more about our favorite female leads and i promise i'm going to talk about characters that we normally don't talk about we'll talk to you in a minute guys these days more authors are including mental health content in their books but do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is
0: or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. Welcome back, guys. We're going to be doing the second half of our favorite female characters list. Mo, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the second half?
1: All right. So... This is one of the books I've mentioned before called The City That We Became by J.K. Jemison. And the character I want to talk about, there's a lot of Lee female characters in this book, but I'm going to talk about Bronca. Bronca is a native um, woman in her 60s. She has a PhD, she's hot tempered, she and she works at an art center. So she's the oldest of the six main characters. And she's also just this wealth of knowledge and culture and just like her first scene with her, she's at the art center and these kids have come up and they're trying to sell her, her, this artwork. And this artwork is obviously very bigot and awful and terrible. And she just like shuts them down. Like, she just like is so poised. So she's like, "Mm, Nope, this is not artwork. Bye, children. Take your stuff and go away. And just the way she turns the situation around, it's like she, just, she just has this command of everything, and I love it. I really am drawn to those fierce. I'm going to take no from anyone. She, good luck trying to push me around. It's not going to happen to you. And she's just like, I'm older and I'm smarter. Yeah. Peace out, children. Goodbye. And I just highly enjoyed every single scene with her. She was my favorite character out of that book. And I would love just to follow her escapades in the next book.
0: She sounds like a fun one.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's very intense. I highly enjoy her.
0: So my next one, her name is Zila. She is from the Aurora Cycle. Uh, I forgot to write down the authors. (laughs) It's a man and a woman who co-authored this, but the third book of the Aurora Cycle is coming out soon. And Zila, she's one of the core, like, six or seven people in this group that we're following. But she's kind of a background character. And in the first book, when you're introduced to her, she's super quiet and very trigger happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quiet, but I'm going to shoot you. She's So the whole concept of the Aurora Cycle is the main group are basically a bunch of misfits at this academy that they were all at and nobody else wanted them in their squadron so they all got stuck together and zila's big issue is that she has shut down her emotions and so she's 100% logical and cold and just doesn't explain herself <laughs> or explain herself well when she does try because her intelligence level is just through the roof and nobody else is making the connections that she's making and she really likes her blaster and has been known to shoot people without warning which is why like she had issues with a roommate at the academy and that kind of thing
1: it happens I mean, somebody i use gotta shoot people it's fine
0: so she's like one of those weird kind of background characters that's Important later. And the second book, you get a lot more of her backstory because a bunch of the characters are separated and she's one of them. And so while she's on her own and it's following her, you get some of her backstory and it's just, it hurt my heart. And it really helped flesh out her character and her intelligence is so incredible that her parents were going to send her to college at like. Six.
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: Like, insane amounts of intelligence. So she understandably has issues connecting with the people around her. Because when you have that kind of intelligence, that's just one of the side effects. She went through so much that she shut down her emotions and became that just completely logical, cold, I'm not going to get close to anybody person. And I love watching throughout these books as she slowly gets closer to the people in her squad and realizes that, oh, I actually care about these people and just like slowly starts to come out of her shell a little bit more and how they interact with her and how they start warming up to her as well. And it's just, it's so sweet. And I love, I love the intelligent character that realizes they actually like people (laughs)
1: Oh, you guys are okay now. We'll be friends, I guess. Yeah, so she's fun. I really like her. So what's your next one? I don't know, but I want to read that book now. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So my next one is a John Scalzi trilogy, which I've not read the last trilogy, the last novel of it, because I'm a little bitter because it's a Audible exclusive, and I'm like, mm. hmm, stupid Audible. And I really want to listen to it because it's narrated by Will Wheaton. But um, so it's the Interdependency Trilogy by John Scalzi. And the character is the Emperor Grey Linda II. And that's her main title. I don't remember what her actual name is. But so what happened? I know. Listen. She wasn't destined to be the Emperor. Okay. The prince was killed, and her dad died. And she got saddled with this job that she has to lead this intergalactic empire, essentially, and navigate the collapse of their economic culture, which is fascinating because it's called the whole world building of this is like, super different concept. Love John Scalzi. Thank God for sci-fi authors who can write really great stories. What I like about her is that she has to navigate, for one, I love politics. So she has to navigate all these crazy politics She's super resourceful. She just has this attitude, like well, I'm just, go- I'm gonna make it till I fake it. So here we go, guys, and here I am. I'm your new emperor. Good luck, because we need it. And how she just embraces a role that she wasn't meant to have, and she's just like, well, empire is collapsing. Let's go fix this shit. Here we go. <laughs> just this good character because I can't imagine being thrust into a leadership role especially one like this where you're supposed to make sure all your spaceships and all of your cultures can deliver their goods so no one because every planet is dependent on the other planet so like your planet may produce all the fruits in the galaxies and this planet makes all the cows in the galaxies but if you can't trade well, someone's going to get a vitamin C deficiency, and someone's not getting meat. Like <laughs> all of these crazy navigations on how to navigate all this politics. So it's it's so good. Um, highly recommend it if you ever get back on Audible and resubscribe. Is right by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, of course, is one of my favorite. I don't know if he's my favorite per se actor, but he's one of my favorite book um, narrators.
0: Yeah, it sounds really interesting.
1: Super good. Super good. You've read Old Man's War, right, by John Scalzi? Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I will not forget reading Old Man's War.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No one will forget reading that book because it has some interesting scenes.
0: Oh, I was worried about that book when I started reading it. Like,
1: what the hell did Mo make me read? But it's really good. And the rest of the series is really good, too. I'll take your word for it. I haven't gotten around to the rest of the series, but it was a good book. I love John Scalzi books. Anyway, (laughs) yeah. So the Emperor Greyland II, I love her.
0: Nice.
1: Abby, tell me your next one. So my next one is Inej from
0: Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. I love Inej. She is the quiet, deadly, assassin type character. She's got like seven different knives all named after saints and she's so skilled and she's so deadly and I love that but I also love how strong she is mentally overcoming everything that she had to go through because she's kidnapped she's sold to a brothel and then she rather than just despairing and giving up finds a way to get out of that and manages to become the right-hand person of this really powerful guy in the barrel and just like her whole story is so great because it's not just physically power she's not physically powerful but she's deadly she doesn't have to be strong necessarily she's skilled and that's what counts (laughs) and just the mental fortitude she has and the self-worth that she keeps through all of that. Because even the romantic relationship that she sort of ends up in, she still holds on to her self-worth and goes, these are my hard lines. And if you can't deal with that, then we can't be together. And I just, I respected that so much. And I loved that so much because it was like, yes, that's right you hang on to those lines because those are the lines you should be hanging on to and not like not compromising just because she likes this guy. You know, I, I appreciate seeing that in female
1: characters. (laughs) I really do love her too. She is probably my my favorite character in Six of Crows.
0: I agree. I think she's my favorite in Six of Crows. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and when I had to admit after I read Six of Crows, I had to get on Deviant Art and look up a whole bunch of fan art because I was like, "Oh my god, I love these characters! <laughs> Give me all the fan art, thank you!" Bye.
0: Oh, I know. I devoured Six of Crows, and then I devoured Crooked Kingdom, and I went, "I can't
1: believe this is it." <laughs> I know. I need to get my Crooked. I need to read Crooked Kingdom. I don't. I, sometimes I just go, mm. "I just wasn't in the mood to read the sequel," apparently, which is fine. It happens. That's understandable. Right. Mine, I'm going to butcher the name. I'm really good and actually I'm really awful at names. What is her name? How do I say it? Okay, so she's from the Iron Drew series by Kevin Hearn. It's Gwendol? Gwendol? Gwendo? No. Mm. Hey, Nate. <laughs> Grind, you well. Grind you well from the Iron Drew series. Thank you, Grind you well. I love her because she's just a spunky, sassy redhead who goes from basically an Atticus mind, oh, she's a cute bartender, how nice, to <sighs> blow you out of the water, she's going to be a badass Druid, and she's going to take on the world with Atticus. Just a great side character to Atticus. Like, Atticus is the main character. Love him. Love my 2,000-year-old Druid taking up all this space and all this crazy crap. But the Kevin Hearn novels are just so... They're funny, they're weird, they're great urban fantasies, but they're also, like, let us just transverse across all these different pantheons. But, yes, but I love, like, when they just scamper across all these different places. And I just love watching her go from, hmm, what is this? To, I can hold my own. Come at me, bro. Just one of those characters that you read and you're like, eh. Screw the main character. Let's follow her instead.
0: Yeah, she was a fun one. I liked her.
1: Mm hmm. Highly enjoyable. Good books.
0: Very good books.
1: Who's your next character, Abby?
0: All right. So, my next character is Jackie Faber from the Bloody Jack series by L.A. Meyer. Jackie starts out life as a Mary, Jackie is a girl. And she pretends to be a boy so that she can be a ship's boy and get on a Royal Navy ship and basically escape the slums because she's an orphan. And nothing good ever comes to orphan girls in the slums. But orphan boys can do things like become ship's boys and, you know, get on ships and get out of their bad place and actually make money. She's very brash and brazen she's got plans and she throws herself headfirst into them without necessarily thinking out all of the steps in between and sometimes that gets her in trouble more often than not but she's also one of those people that always seems to land on her feet no matter where she is she's defiant of anything that stands in her way just because she's a girl because she's in that era of you're a woman and you have very specific places that you can and can't be. And so she just refuses to believe that she can't do things like sail on a ship or own a business or do whatever the heck she likes. And then she goes and proves everybody wrong and makes it happen. And granted, things are kind of rough along the way, Uh, she doesn't always manage to hang on to the things that she accomplishes. (laughs) But overall, again, she always lands on her feet. She always knows how to make friends. She always knows where she wants to end up. And she's always trying to get there. But she's also enjoying the ride as she goes. And so she's just, she's a very fun character to follow. And she's very much that you can't tell me I can't do that just because I'm a girl kind of person and never understands why people keep telling her she can't do a thing. So I love her. The Bloody Jack series is a YA series. I've read the first few and yeah, they're great. I highly recommend them.
1: I like that. I like anything where it's like, I'm a girl and I can't do it. Watch me. That's my kind of character. Yeah, she's
0: a great character. Like I said, always lands on her feet Always knows how to make friends She's just one of those people
1: I like that I'm gonna jump into Discworld for my next one, okay? Okay One of my favorite female characters Is out of Discworld novels It is most definitely Susan The granddaughter of Death I love her in Hogfather I love her in Mort Right? Is she in Mort? No, Mort's her dad Oh, what was the other one? No, I'm thinking of her mom and more. Soul music. Soul music. Thank you. She's sarcastic. She's smart. She's always impec- impeccably dressed, in my humble opinion, in the way just that she's described. All of her scenes are so funny and always on point. Like, I love Hogfather. That's probably one of my favorite. this world novels. I also highly enjoyed the BBC Ministries. I don't know. She's just one of those characters where I just think to myself, if I was in a dark alley, who would have my back? I'll take Susan, because she's going to give me a very sarcastic comment, and then probably beat somebody up for me. (laughs) You'd be fine. I mean, plus her grandfather's death, so of course, you will perfectly be fine. But one of my favorite quotes out of Hogfather, which concerns her about being an overly educated governess? Governess? Governess. Thank you. Got it. It's a terrible quote, but I gotta read it anyway. Getting an education was a bit like a Communicable sexual disease. It makes you unsuitable for a lot of jobs, and then you had the urge to pass it on. (laughs) Awful quote, isn't it? I loved it. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. I identify greatly with it because, just like her, I am overly educated, and sometimes it's annoying because you're unsuitable for a lot of jobs. Oh, that's great. Mm, I know, right? I, I, I just identify with her, and I love just random crap that she throws out.
0: Susan is a great character.
1: She is. All right, Abby. We are getting close to almost done. This is your number nine. Yes. Eight. Nine. 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 Woo.
0: All right, so my number nine is Alyssa. From the Ranger's Apprentice series by John Flanagan. And Alyssa is one of the side characters. She's not in every book. When she is, I love her. She's not the typical girl you see in fantasy swinging a sword and, you know, going toe-to-toe with the boys and all that. She's a character that has a quiet strength, and I appreciate that because... As much as I love a sword wielding woman, I also like seeing the quiet strength that a lot of women have too. And she is a diplomat. And so she is by nature very diplomatic, but she isn't afraid to step, stand up for herself. She's not the kind of diplomat that is constantly trying to please everybody. <laughs> She's a diplomat who has goals for her country, for her kingdom on behalf of her king. And she's going to make those happen in the most polite way possible. She very (laughs) much knows her own worth. She isn't afraid to stand up for herself. She isn't afraid to do what needs to be done. And even though she's not one of the sword wielding women of fantasy, she's also not afraid to go into dangerous situations because she's not unarmed. She's not untrained in fighting it's just not her forte and so like she can defend herself and she does defend herself and she's not afraid to go into dangerous situations but it's not her first weapon of choice and it's nice to see that kind of different strength being shown off like you don't necessarily have to draw your sword at the first possible enemy that you see you can try words first (laughs)
1: I mean, but I like when they throw around swords a lot. But I guess this is okay, too. It's You can use your words occasionally.
0: <laughs> like I said, she's not one of the main characters. She's not in every book. But I really appreciate her and enjoy her when she does show up. And, yeah, it's a nice foil because so many people in the series are sword-wielding. Or arrow-wielding. Or some sort of weapon-wielding. <laughs> and that's how they go in to a fight
1: and you're like all right I've seen this before anyway
0: yeah well when is around it's very much hold up boys <laughs> <laughs> let me do a little talking here and if it doesn't work out then you can throw things
1: <laughs> all right so what's your last one then my very last one for today had to make sure I picked the right one because I have a bonus one. I'm like, oh, not that one. It's Katniss from The Hunger Games. So I really, and I'm going to specifically mention Hunger Games, the first book. Not the series, but the first book. I loved Katniss in the first book. I love her self-sacrifice, her primrose. I love how she cared for Rue, her cunning, her gumption, her determination. She's one of those characters where I just was really drawn to and really was just like, yes, like, I just, I'm like, you need to survive, get through this crazy nonsense that you got thrust into. Who, how did you get stuck into this? I don't know. Like, you know, like, you just get really instantly drawn to a character. She was just one of those characters where I was like, I love you. I could read all these books about you. I'll read this book again about you just because she's just one of those people just really admire. One of those characters you really love and enjoy reading about, specifically in Hunger Games. Can't say I like her as much later on. But I loved her in Hunger Games.
0: Yeah. She was good in Hunger Games. That was a very good start to that series.
1: I mean, in general, if I was going to compare this to the Divergent series, so much better. Love, I love the whole Hunger Games trilogy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Don't love Divergent. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> yep. But I love Katniss. I love Katniss as a character.
0: Mm-hmm. Katniss is a good one.
1: hmm Honestly, I really like the book trilogy, too. Anyway, what's your 10th favorite female character for the evening to wrap this up?
0: All right, my last one on this list, other than my bonus, is Cress from the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. And I know we've talked about the Lunar Chronicles a lot, but I really do love Cress. She's just... She's my sweet little hacker, you know? (laughs) I know. Again, it's one of those, you get to watch her come out of her shell because she starts out so timid and afraid of everything. And then she just like slowly builds up her confidence and really just starts coming into her own. And I love her intelligence. I love her genius hacking skills And I love that she's not necessarily the weapon-wielding one. She's more of the I'm-going-to-sit-back-and-destroy-all-your-hardware kind of person. (laughs) So I I really enjoyed her storyline and just watching her develop throughout the books.
1: I like that whole, let me just uh, destroy you from the back, from the the behind-the-scenes. No problem. Yeah. Okay. Watch the version. Watch that diversion. That is Cinder and Kai over here. While well, I hack into everything over here, you go watch the
0: shiny things over here. Um, your systems are going to be done by the time you're done. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, the, the literal shiny things. If we're talking about Cinder, like she's all shiny. But yes, <laughs> yes. All right. I believe
0: <sighs> we have a couple of bonus that we couldn't leave off of our list entirely.
1: This is true. So to finish up for the night, I had to just have my honorable mention. I had to name my girl Hermione Granger. I had to leave her out just because, honestly, she was the first person I wrote down as one of my favorite female leads. I'm trying to branch away from my typical things I like to talk about. But I was listening to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban today, which we're going to drop that episode soon. But, um, I mean, I just listened listened to the scene where Snape is teaching the Defense of the Dark Arts class. And he snaps at Hermione about being a know-it-all, and the entire class goes, how dare you, Snape, say that about our Hermione? And I'm like, yes, protect Hermione. And (laughs) I always think about the scene in the movie, which I know is not the same as the book, where Hermione punches Draco in the face. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. And I appreciate my thing I like most about her Mm -hmm. is that she overcomes all obstacles she had no prior wizarding knowledge and she is just like i am hermione i know everything because i read every single book and just that hard work and you know you can learn anything from a book if you put your mind to it and i love that
0: yeah hermione is awesome
1: it's
0: the power of books man
1: yep And who are your honorable mentions?
0: So my honorable mention is Anne from Anne of Green Gables. And I know she's she's an honorable mention for me because she is such a classic and so many people have read her books. But she really struck a chord with middle school me because she's so lost in her imagination. And that just... That's where I was at that point in my life as well. Just like daydreams and no stuck in a book and never never wanting to see things in the world the way that everybody else did. Wanting to just see all the possibilities that they could be, all the much cooler ways that they could be. And so I really appreciate Anna as a character and how her imagination isn't considered a bad thing necessarily. Because imaginations, to the extent that Anne has, just aren't shown very much in literature, you know? Hmm. Which is understandable, because it's, it can be hard to make a main character good when that, they're so lost in their own world sometimes. But Montgomery did such a good job with her. I love Anne. I really do. Anne is who I was as a child.
1: I like that. I know I've read Anne of Green Gables The first book like in middle school And I cannot remember anything about that book And you kind of are drawing me to think When is it an appropriate age to read this book Out loud to my child hmm. <laughs> Uh,
0: When they can sit still through long paragraphs Of prose
1: Yeah I can't do that either So it's fine <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another exciting listicle. We love talking about some of our favorite female characters, our favorite characters, favorite books, favorite genres, favorite everything. If you enjoyed this episode, go look up some of our other ones and look up some of our book reviews where we like to talk about books and then make them all spoily. All right, you guys, have a great night. We'll talk to you
0: next week, guys. Bye.
1: Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want
0: to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks, like access to our miniseries, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C Eight Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.